1: And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're up here in Cape Creek, Arizona, right off of a Dynamite Road in between Tatum and Scottsdale. And we encourage you, if you ever get the opportunity, if you're in the area, to come visit us here. Uh, we're, we're open uh, for services. We have been for a while. We're <clears throat> Sunday morning, we're, we have a worship service at 1030. Evening service at 6 on Sunday. And then Wednesday night, we have 7 o'clock services. So we hope that you can uh, be here, join us with, uh, for those things, and of course the radio program here to every Tuesday at four o'clock. Man, it's just a uh, just great weather lately, and um, I'm in, I'm enjoying that. And of course, I'm looking forward to school being over, spend more time with my kids. We in June, the the camps, summer camps, open up at Copper Basin Bible Camp in Prescott. My kids are excited. They, I got three of four going to Cub Camp this year. And Cub Camp is one of those things where it kind of introduces kids who've, who've not been to camp before and, and not used to being away from mom and dad. So it introduces it to them, and, and it's a little bit easier. It's not as long. And then when they get to the fourth grade level or getting ready to go into fourth grade, they, uh, uh, they have a full week after that. So Cub Camp is like $95 per kid for, for uh, I think it's a Tuesday Yeah, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can pick them up Friday afternoon. And then after that, if you're doing the 4th to 6th grade camps or the junior high camp or the high school camp or combo camp, those are one ninety five per kid and it goes from Sunday afternoon to Friday afternoon. And it takes care of everything. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Really good stuff. Okay, so you can learn more about that going to CopperBasinBibleCamp.org. But, you know, we we look at at life. We look at our country. We look. We listen to the news, maybe, and whatever it might be. And do you do you ever feel discouraged, uh, especially if you're striving to, to to reach the lost, to preach the word? I um, every every day. Well, not every day, but throughout the week, when I pick up the kids. Uh, my kids go to great hearts pick them up i pick up a, a, another family's kids as well and i like to drive home i, I get up on the 101 and i exit 56th street you know around come around behind desert ridge so i don't have to go up tatum and all that traffic and lights and i come down deer i turn onto deer valley come back over to tatum and go up tatum and right there at the corner of deer valley and tatum every single day even when it was almost 100 it was up there in the 90s getting hot there's a guy who is walking up and down the, the the sidewalk there and he's got a sign and the sign has just got some scripture written on it calling on people to believe in Jesus and, and repent i don't know what his affiliation is i don't know what he believes as far as the christian the faith you know uh, whatever it might be you know there's all different ideas out there but and at first I just thought, you know, how, how effective is this, what he's doing? I don't think it's very effective. However, we talk about it in, in the van with the kids or I talk about it with them. And, uh, uh, I wonder how does this guy ever get discouraged? You know, all that work that he's doing, everything he's got going on, is he discouraged by, by this? Because how many people is he reaching? What's going on? <clears throat> and, um, He's there every time and uh, always there. And I, I began to think about, you know, how, how often do we get discouraged when we go out and we're, we're preaching, like I am preach here at North Valley. I, I reach out to folks. I have try to build relationships. And, you know, like Jeremiah, I'm not, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm not reaching folks. And then I, I look just across the way. There's another minister within the body of Christ. Good man, I won't name him, but he is like, baptizing people left and right, <laughs> which is great. Man, I praise the Lord to that. And I wonder, what? And some people will, will generally think, well, what are you doing wrong, Chris? Or what are you doing wrong over there, so-and-so? I don't think we're doing anything wrong. Some people maybe do better at it, or maybe it's just fertile ground or better hearts, or who knows. But it can be discouraging. Do you get Discouraged. Or maybe you you listen to the news and politics, the economy, or the direction of the country, the direction of the world, what's happening in China, what's happening in Venezuela, or North Korea, whatever, and you get discouraged. And do we ever feel like I'm the only one in my congregation working? Do you ever feel that way? We can get discouraged, can't we? It can happen. Well, you know, Everyone gets discouraged. It happens to all of us, even the best of us, if you want to categorize it. Think about Elijah. You remember in the book of James, James chapter 5, James is talking about prayer. And he mentions Elijah. And he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. And it And it rained that is he's showing that he prayed and God answered that prayer providentially but i want to focus in on the fact that elijah is a man with a nature like ours not only does he pray to god uh, without doubting but he also gets discouraged the great prophet you know considered the great prophet of the old testament a, a, a man of great stature the man the man who Stood at the kings and outran a, a, a chariot 60 miles. Can this man get discouraged? Well, 1 Kings chapter 19 lets us know that, yeah. And in chapter 19, verse 10, he says this, Elijah says this to God. He says, I have been very zealous for the Lord. The God of hosts for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword and I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away Oh man talk about being discouraged right discouraged what what happened there why why did he get discouraged? I mean, we, we know what discouragement is. I'm not going to get into that or, or what caused that. There's all kinds of things that can cause discouragement. Maybe it's the sins of other people. Maybe it's we listen to too much news. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's a whole host of things. But <clears throat> a lot of times, our discouragement, it comes and goes. We, perhaps we manage it well in that you know we, we get discouraged, but we get ourselves out of it. But then there are times when we get discouraged and it's hard to get out of it. We have expectations, right? We build up these expectations and sometimes we build them up too much. And even when we are successful, it doesn't meet the expectations, so we feel like it's a failure. And I think that's what happens to happen to Elijah. He expected something uh, prior to 1 Kings 19 when he's Getting discouraged here. He's over there on Mount Carmel. Do you remember that Mount Carmel? Where um, that's a, just was that just one chapter prior? That, oh, I get my chapter turned here. Uh, yeah, that's in chapter 18, right there in First Kings. And he he's up there. He has all the prophets of Baal there. He's got the people of Israel surrounded, and they make that that deal. You guys build an altar. I'll build an altar, and then you pray to your god and have him light it. And then I'll pray to the God of heaven and have him like So they they agree to this and they're out there and they're doing their thing, the bell prophets and cutting themselves, screaming. And then even Elijah taunts them, hey, maybe you need to scream louder. Perhaps he's asleep or relieving himself. Get his attention. (laughs) He's mocking them. And then it's his turn. So he has them dig a trench around the altar Fill uh, uh, fill the trench with water. Douse the altar and the, the sacrifice with water. And then he prays. Simple prayer to the Lord. By no shouting or thing. And fire comes down from heaven. Consumes the sacrifice, the altar, and licks up all the water. And then he had the people of Israel kill the prophets of Baal because they were false teachers. Leading people astray. And this, this is it, right? This is it. And Ahab sees this, and he takes off, he goes to, to Jezebel at Jezreel, and in first Kings 18, verse 46, This Elijah's probably thinking, this is it, people of Israel, they're going to rise up, they're going to throw off Ahab, they're going to come back to the Lord. He girds up, First chapter 18, verse 46, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and out, ran Ahab to Jezreel. Now that's what was what is that? I have it right here. That's about thirty miles away. Now granted the hand of the Lord was upon him. He's a uh, that's miraculous. So was he exhausted after that? Well probably not, but the hand of the Lord was with him to do this. He did something miraculous, outran him. So he runs from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. That's about thirty miles, okay? Then, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, says this. Now, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And he, Elijah, was afraid, and arose, and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, why did he get afraid? After what just happened, I I think the only thing that makes sense in my mind, this is my speculation, is that he expected the people of Israel to rise up, to do something. They killed all the prophets, right? Time to throw up this Jezebel. She's the one, the ringleader. She's the one that brought all this. Get rid of her. But they didn't. It's not happening. I think he had this this expectation. He expected this big thing to occur and for them to really do something about this. And when it didn't happen, when his expectations weren't met, despite the fact that God was with him there, He got afraid. He got discouraged. It didn't happen the way he thought it would. And he became afraid, and he left and ran for his life to Beersheba. Now that is about 60 miles away. And he leaves his servant there. 60 miles. You think he's tired at this point? I think he's got to be a bit exhausted. Verse 4 of chapter 19. But he, Elijah himself, after leaving his servant in Beersheba, he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. I failed, is what he's thinking. I failed you, Lord. I couldn't do it. I ran and... And, you know, Jezebel's still there, and Ahab's still there. People are still following them as their leaders, and I lost, Lord, I can't do it. Kill me now, it's over. Discouraged, isn't he? He's so discouraged, and he's exhausted. When we're exhausted, it's easier to be not only discouraged, but to stay in it. When you're exhausted, when you're tired, your emotions run higher, don't they? They do for me. Surely it's like that for most people. So he's, a, he's further away. And God, of course, is there with him, talks to him, sends some ravens and food, tells him to eat. Verse 8, after eating and, and drinking, it says, So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now that's probably down there in that peninsula south of where he's at Hundreds of miles away. I uh, I think that's like like two hundred miles away, maybe maybe a little bit further. <clears throat> and and it's the peninsula that divides Egypt from the northern part there of Canaan, the, the southern area of Canaan. And that's where he went. That's where Moses received the law, Mount Horeb. That's where he went. He went down there. Now why there? I mean that's the beginning, right? Maybe he's he's looking for something from God. He's He's depressed. He just wants to get away, just be with the Lord. And that's that's where we find that verse here in verse 10. I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. And they seek my life to take it away. I am alone and left. That's not true. He knows that's not true. He had already, already talked to another prophet uh, earlier before. And found out that there's other prophets being hidden. And God's going to remind him of that here in just a little bit. And that 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 statement there in verse 10 comes on the hills when the Lord came to him there at Horeb. And the Lord asked him this question. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he made that statement. What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you here? I'm discouraged, Lord. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm discouraged. I do that when I am discouraged, when I think I've failed and i and I just want to get away. I want to get away from everyone. I don't want to answer questions. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I feel like I lost. I want to I want to run. Don't we isn't that what we want to do when we feel like we've completely failed and everything's falling apart because of our expectations were set too high, perhaps. We want to just run away. And that's typically because we are discouraged. We allow that discouragement to take over and master us. And we should not do that. And all kinds of things can cause that. Not just exhaustion, maybe it's financial difficulties, material problems. Uh, maybe we use discouragement as an excuse just to run away. Whatever it is. We, we should not allow that to happen. And that discouragement can come in all kinds of forms. And so we, we seek, you know, Kind of an excursus here. Joshua was in danger of discouragement, and I think the Lord knew that. Um, not knew that, Obviously, He's the Lord, but that's why Joshua chapter one opens up the way it does, with God telling him to uh, be strong and courageous several times, and do not let your heart be troubled. Or I should, no, that's not there. But uh, he, He's encouraging him to not not give up. Moses died; their leader died. Now it's on the shoulders of Joshua. Can he do it? Be strong and very courageous there in verse 7. You can do it. Elijah can do it. He needed some time off. I think the Lord gave it to him. He let him to go through this. He's, He's helping him along. And there at Mount Horeb, the Lord is going to help him see something. You set your expectations incorrectly, Elijah. And he's going to show that to him. And it's a passage that I think a lot of folks can be confused about. And I hope that uh, my explanation will be, will be helpful for you in this, in chapter 19. So, he makes that statement there in verse 10. That, you know, I'm alone, I'm left, and, and they seek my life to take it away. In verse 11, so God said to Elijah... Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountain and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I'll stop there for a moment. What are you doing here, Elijah? So what, what did he see there when he was looking outside the, the cave? Well, he saw this wind, a powerful and so powerful, it was breaking trees and rending the rocks. That's amazing power. So visible, so big. Scary. But the Lord was not in the wind. I don't know, that, I don't know if that was just like put into the mind of Elijah, but he understood that, I think. And then an earthquake, great, powerful, right? Big, obvious, huge. But the Lord wasn't there. And then a great fire probably came in and just burned everything up. And there's just power, right? But the Lord wasn't in that. Where was the Lord? I think we're left to, to know that the Lord was in this gentle breeze. And then Elijah left and covered his face. I think he was ashamed. I think he understood what the Lord was saying. But do we understand? Do, under, do we understand what the Lord was saying there? What the Lord's saying there is, is is that is this, Elijah, you expected this big show, this huge event, this big explosion of power. I'm not working like that in this case. What I'm doing is very subtle, Elijah, it's very subtle. But it's going to happen, it's coming, I'm in control. I know you don't understand, you don't see it. You think you're all alone, Elijah. You can only see a dark future. But you need to look past the clouds and don't forget the good of the past. Was he alone? No. The Lord's even going to remind him there's 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to, to Bell. Okay? And he could only see a dark future. They're they're after me. I am alone and left. And and what is there's left? I should just die. That's a that's that's a dark future, right? He can't see past the the storm. I, I remember this uh, I like giving you the story, Jenny and I took When our son, oldest son Joshua, was just a baby, we went to see some family in Florida, and we were flying back, and we stopped in Atlanta, Georgia, and we were in, on the plane on the tarmac, and we had to wait because there was this big storm, and there was a tornado in the area. So I was scared, right? I'm nervous. I got my my only son, my wife's on the plane. They're not letting us off the plane. Then the guy, the pilot, comes over the intercom saying, "Well, we it looks clear now. We're going to go ahead and take off and see if we can get beyond this." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> There was a tornado in the area a moment ago. And you're going to take off? So he does. I'm scared. I'm looking out there. I see lightning. I see wind. The, the plane is shaking. There's probably a tornado nearby. And this guy's flying up. He's flying into these dark, menacing clouds. You've got to be kidding me. But what happens? He flies through the clouds. He gets above the clouds. And what? where is he? It's nothing but sunshine. He's above it. He's, he's left it behind. I was so focused on the problem in front of me, I forgot that, you know, just on the other side of those clouds, the sun is still shining. I forgot. One of the things we don't do in our society anymore is write. Men, we write journals and girls write diaries. We ought to do that. And if you don't, get started once a week. Once a week. And what you should do on a Saturday or Friday or whatever, find the time. Sit down and write in your journal, gentlemen, ladies, your, your diaries, and write the blessings of the Lord. And go back and read the other ones. Don't forget. It's like that song we, we sing. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Name them one by one. That's what Elijah forgot. He forgot to count his blessings. And so the Lord had to remind him. And so in chapter 19, verses 15 to 17, the Lord tells him, he says to to Elijah, here's what you need to do. Your your pity party's over with, Elijah. It's time to get up and get busy. Stop wallowing around in your self-pity. Now go, he says, in verse 15, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazel king over Aram. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahalah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall come about, the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu, shall put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha, shall put to death. In other words, Elijah, I've got a plan. I have a plan. I always have. It's subtle. You didn't see it. You expected this big show. It's not going to happen like that. And there's 7,000 in Israel, verse 19, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed them. I leave them. They're still here. You're not alone. You're not alone. You forgot that. You forgot that I was with you there on Mount Carmel. You forgot that I was with you all those other times. Count your many blessings. It's easy when we're discouraged to only see the bad that's in front of us and forget all that the Lord has done and that he's still there with us. And Jesus wanted his disciples to see that also. There he is uh, over in Matthew chapter 28. You probably know it well, the great we call it the great commission, right? Where Jesus says to his disciples, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth." Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to observe all that I command you. And we love that. Yeah. But he knows that's that's going to be difficult. That can be discouraging. So Jesus ends with these wonderful words. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Don't forget that. You're not alone. You're not alone. Don't be discouraged. Don't don't look up and only see the dark clouds. Don't forget what's beyond the dark clouds. Are there bad things happening in the world? Yes, but you're not alone. Does it look like the storm is going to overwhelm us? Well, yeah, but the sun is still shining. Hold fast. Don't lose heart. Keep on keeping on because beyond the clouds, the sun is still shining. After this life is eternity with the Father. Hold fast. Keep teaching. You're not going to get everyone. You're not going to get 50%. You're not going to get 25% perhaps. Maybe less. Maybe a 1%. Or maybe none at all. But keep on keeping on. The Lord is with you. Don't get discouraged. Remember the passage here in 1 Kings chapter 19. Remember Jesus said what he said to his disciples in Matthew 28. And hold strong. The Lord is with you always, even to the end of the age. Redeem the time. Make the most of it while we still have it. For the days are evil. Thank you. May the Lord bless you in your walk with him.
0: Bring it out. Bring it
1: out. Bring it
0: out. Bring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. Be sure to check out the podcast for this program on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. To find it, just go to the website and click on the podcast link at the top of the page